Hi, we are the ADHD Skills Lab podcast. My name is Sky, And my name is Sarah. And we will be your hosts chatting to you about practical ADHD strategies you can use, the research behind some of these strategies, as well as interviewing other professionals with ADHD about how they've developed skills and working through struggles in their lives. You might know us from Unconventional Organization, where we talk about this kind of stuff all day long. So we're super excited to have you along and we're gonna chat through it together. Today, I have the great pleasure of talking to somebody who is a writer, director, and producer, but also a previous client of mine last year, Katie Ford. Katie and her partner founded Musical Theatre Australia in 2018. They were able to create musicals that celebrate diverse voices, including their musical A Girl's Guide to World War, which won a major um, Matilda Award for Best New Australian Work, and yeah, has had several out sessions and now has actually had a grant as of this year, $75,000 grant from the Queensland Arts Showcase Program, which means that they are preparing the show for touring and licensing and publication. So I'm so excited to talk about that and to chat to you again, Katie. Great oh, to see it's you. It's just so lovely to see you again, Sky. The coaching that we did together has had so many positive impacts. So I'm really glad to be able to be part of this podcast. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's very, it's very exciting to see where you've come. Obviously, we spoke um, last year. And so now to have won the grant and to be able to, to come back and actually share some of the strategies that you're using and, and where you've gone since then, I'm very excited to talk about it with you. Yay, I'm excited too. <laughs> so shall we start by just asking, where are you based? I'm from Queensland in Australia. My partner, Alethea, and I, we live in Mullaney, which is a beautiful little country town up in the, the lands of the Jinnaburra people, up in the, the Sunshine Coast hinterland. Gorgeous little town full of bookshops and coffee shops and, and cheese. Awesome, awesome. And how did you come to be diagnosed with ADHD? Were you diagnosed early? Was it a late diagnosis yeah. for you? Yeah, so like a lot of women, I was diagnosed very late in my 40s. It was such a chance <laughs> occurrence because I was reading the ABC News and there was an article saying women in their older years are getting diagnosed at greater rates with ADHD and they didn't know they had ADHD mm -hmm. all their lives. And I was like, oh, those poor <laughs> women, that's so hard for them. And I, started, <laughs> and I started reading the article and I was like, oh, my God. God, like everything <laughs> in the article was applicable to me. And I kind of held it a bit close to my chest for a while because it felt like a, oh, I don't know, like a really huge cliff that I was about to jump off. Like, am I yeah. someone with ADHD? I, like now it, I've learned so much more since then. But at first I was like, is this going to stigmatize me? You know, what does this mean? And then the next step, like a lot of people was trying to get the diagnosis, which was its own <laughs> tricky Yeah, journey. the executive functioning step. Oh my Lord. <laughs> I'm and getting it. Yeah. And also because I had responses from GPs like, you don't have ADHD. ADHD is a learning disability. And you, you know, obviously you don't have a learning disability and you're always on time for appointments. So how could you have ADHD? And the diagnosis that I got from GPs was that I had anxiety. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I've got a bit of a bone to pick 
with that because the questionnaire that they use to test whether you have <laughs> anxiety, it's a test to see if you have one of two things, anxiety or depression. And that is it, right. you know. Yeah. And all mm-hmm. questions on the test are things like during the last 30 days, how often did you feel restless? During the last 30 days, how often <laughs> did you feel like you couldn't sit still? You know, how often did you feel that everything was an effort? And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. all the time time all the time all the time hitting the criteria all the time and the GP is like oh well anxiety you know and Mm -hmm. it's either depression or anxiety and you've got anxiety but it's like they're trying to find out if you're a fish and saying do you like swimming in the ocean and you're like yeah all the time and they're like okay well then you're a salmon but (laughs) what if you're not a salmon what if you're a a, a trout or a dolphin or something (laughs) you only get this binary choice of anxiety or depression yeah, a lot of people have said that. It's annoying, hey? Yeah, I've heard it from a lot of women, yeah. Yeah, and then you get this truckload of anti-anxiety medication pumped into you more and more and more because obviously it's not mm-hmm. doing anything. That was really annoying as well because coming off that medication mm-hmm. is its own horrible nightmare. So when were you able to actually get the diagnosis of ADHD? When did that shift over? You know, like a lot of people, I started listening to every podcast under the sun about ADHD. And <laughs> and I was like, this is freaking ADHD. I know it is. And so I finally just put my foot down and I said, send me to a psychiatrist. And then it was all smooth sailing because it was as clear as the nose on my face. It's, it's ADHD. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so it was lovely from there on in. But the first, you know, it was probably a good year between reading that article Mm -hmm. and finally getting to see a psychiatrist. Yeah, no, totally. And now your job that you have, which has shifted a little bit because I think when we met last time, it was a, it was a hope and a job and now it's a job. So the job that you have, the director, writer, it's so interesting, such a cool job. Tell me a little bit about what your day-to-day life looks like now. Yeah. It's a little different at the moment because I, I've had long COVID this year mm, and yeah. that's changed things around a little bit. But it's still kind of interesting to talk about because I remember when you were coaching me and you said, oh, do you have trouble getting up in the morning? And I was like, oh, gosh, no, because I've got dogs and they get me out of bed at 7 a.m. And now getting out of bed is is harder, but the dogs have learned to cope with that. So they let me, uh, <laughs> they let me have a mm-hmm. slow start to the day. Yeah. But even so, I still used strategies that I learned with you, even with the long COVID. So even though there wasn't much for a while that I could do, I still planned the day. Mm-hmm. And that took away a lot of the anxiety about the fact that I wasn't able to do as much as I wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. Because obviously lying on the couch is not easy. I do not like sitting still, but I would actually literally write in the captain's log, which I'm sure we'll get to talk about, you know, oh, yeah. lie on the couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so then it was a task. It's an task. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's basically um, the day is get up, have brekkie walk the dogs and then go into my my study and not start work, which was a huge breakthrough mm-hmm. for me with the coaching was that I didn't have to sit down and start work because mm-hmm. if that was the case, I, 
I would be not sitting down at all, but mm-hmm. you taught me to sit down and do something fun to start. And so yeah. the study and the keyboard and the computer started mm-hmm. looking less like a terrifying monster and more like something more inviting. And you always, you'd always say to me, stop and have lunch. And I still don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was a struggle. It was a struggle. Even yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Really <laughs> I bring a muesli bar in. I actually have mm-hmm. a little list yeah. on my phone of what I need to bring into the study to prepare for mm-hmm. the day. And it's my cup of tea and my muesli bar yeah. and my water. And yeah, so you've got those snacks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I bring it all in. So it's here and I don't have to keep <laughs> getting up and if you break that concentration it's yeah it's hard Mm -hmm. to get back so what are you doing now is it still you know because for a lot of people the idea of being a director being a you know writing that kind of thing it's such a cool idea but there's a lot of mystery to it what would you say that you're currently working on as somebody who's doing this are you rewriting a girl's guide to world war at the moment yeah what's really lovely is that um We did get this funding to prepare the show for licensing Mm. and publication. It's already been licensed once by a drama school at a university in Victoria and it's going to be put on next year at QPAC at the Queensland Performing Arts Centre by the Queensland Conservatorium Musical Theatre students. And Mm -hmm. what's the feedback I'm getting from people who want to license the show is that they need more cast members, um, which is like heaven to my ears because the whole of my writing career has been people telling me, don't write big musicals. Australia can't afford big musicals. Keep your musicals Mm -hmm. small. And I don't like small (laughs) musicals. (laughs) And and the musical that Girls Guide to World War, which is the one that was kind of like our breakaway Mm -hmm. success, it's written for eight actors, which is still a lot by Australian standards. But now I get to rewrite it for 20. Yay. Nice. Yeah, well, yeah. The the name alone, you're like World War. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go here. Let's, let's, let's do chorus. this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. Have, you know, and we got funding for a choreographer as well, which is like, I'm so, so stoked about that. That was from our local council, the Sunshine Coast Council Regional Arts Development Fund gave us mm-hmm. funding to add choreo to the show, which is heaven yeah. on a stick. Nice. Adding choreo to the show before it goes out on tour next year around the state and also yeah. working on that licensing arm. So we're now looking mm-hmm. at two different income streams, one from touring and one from licensing the show. Yeah. I sound like I, I know what I'm talking about now, Sky. Yeah. It's like I... <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've got you a do. Kind of grip on things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't when we first started out. Well, it's, it is funny because, you know, yeah, when we started out, and for those who are listening, we haven't spoken since since we last, you know, I think we emailed it a few times but we haven't yeah. really had a chance to catch up and last time you know when we were last year there was a sense of like a bit of imposter syndrome around yeah. going to your office and spending that time writing and taking that time I was going through our notes recently because I was asked to do a podcast about writing and and that we'd mm. done so much writing together I was looking at the notes again and it was do I get to do this? Do I get yeah. to say, this is my time, we're rewriting this, we're doing this? And it sounds like since then, we talked about the idea that right now, no one's paying you to do it, or if they're paying you, they're not paying you very much, but you do it because you know that in the future, if you keep going, that's very likely to be a possibility. And now it is. So it's very yes. cool. 
Oh my gosh, we were just, my partner Alicia and I were just talking about this the other day because we honestly haven't made a cent up until this year (laughs) and it's all been paid for out of our own pockets and now being able to actually generate an income from it is is beautiful because it means that we can then write mm-hmm. more musicals, you know. It becomes mm-hmm. a sustainable business. And exactly what you were saying, I remember when we were starting out, everything felt more important than me writing. So if a friend asked me yeah. for coffee, it was like, well, that's more important than me writing because I really should go and have coffee with a friend because, you know, why should I be allowed to stay home and write when, you know, I should be having coffee with a friend? And it, and you were like, if you don't treat your business like a business nobody else is going to treat your business like a business um and it really stuck in my head and I pulled my socks up and I was like right okay I've got to take myself seriously and yeah it's made a huge difference yeah yeah the universe was like well done here's yeah, yeah, yeah. everything you need to do <laughs> <That's> it <right. laughs> no it's very cool and how did that go as well? Because I know when we talked, you know, last time as well, we talked a little bit about executive functioning strategies because there were, there was a lot of, and there always is with this kind of business, there's a lot of like, you want to do the deep writing, but there's also a lot of documentation to do and finding time to do both of those. And clearly you did a good job with that because you got the grant. Yeah. Obviously, it's been a bit different since the COVID because that actually affected my ability to be creative. But as it's starting to come back, I'm using those strategies again where I do block out time in the day for writing. And there's a technique that you came up with for me, which was life-changing. And what's so great about your coaching is that it is so individualized for each Mm -hmm. person. And I said to you that writing feels like standing at the edge of the pool and not wanting to jump in because I know it's going to be cold for a second. Once I'm Mm -hmm. in, I'm fine and I never want to get out, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to jump in. And you came up with this strategy where I go into my, um, where I write my captain's log in OneNote and I just write anything. So instead Mm -hmm. of having to go into the script and go, okay, I need to rewrite Act 2, Scene 3, I start off by just writing anything like a poem or a sentence or, you know, something. And that's the way that I can slide slowly into the pool rather than jumping in. And it's wonderful. I use it all the time, Sky. It's just the best. Oh, no. I'm really glad to hear that. And it's also funny because I'm like, because a lot of what what we do, in fact, I think I was asked about this this morning is taking the research and then obviously working with individuals and then iterating it and developing new processes. And since working with you, that process has become part of the get and focus routine, like that tinkering element. And a lot of people use that now, actually. Um, So it's interesting to go back and see. Yeah. So there's a lot of people because of the concept of, because there is that piece missing in terms of like emotional regulation, like you said, it's going to feel bad and, and there's a lot of feelings around it and just letting yourself go like, it's fine. We're just tinkering. We're just playing. <laughs> you know, we're just, no pressure. Yeah. yeah. Just enjoy it. If this is what, you know, writing is what I love and, and just explore that aspect of it. The fact that you love it. No one's ever going to read this little silly poem that you wrote. <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah. And it's just a gentle way to slide into the into the pool. And sometimes I think, funnily enough, it becomes 
part of it or it becomes an element of it or something, even if it's like no one's going to read it, but somehow it can help you start to ideate and things like that. Absolutely. I mean, it's a muscle, mm-hmm. isn't it? And any kind of flexing of that muscle is is going to help overall. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like we've just jumped straight in, but I'm going to go back and ask you, so when you initially reached out to Unconventional Organization, what ADHD support were you looking for? What kind of prompted you to search for ADHD coaching? It's a really interesting question because I can't quite remember. I feel like it was everything. It was like I didn't know what I didn't know. All I knew was that I was struggling and kind of running in the spot. And and I remember a friend of mine saying to me, why haven't you done anything for the last few years? Why haven't you written anything, you know? And I didn't have an answer. And obviously now I know it was the ADHD, but mm-hmm. I couldn't understand why nothing was happening when I really, really wanted yeah. it to. So it was, yeah. it was kind of like, are there possibly maybe strategies that would help me achieve these things that I want to achieve? Maybe. Could there be? Possibly, maybe. Um, <laughs> and then I did look at a lot of different coaches to see what they could offer. But you were the one who made me understand that what you were going to give me was a targeted approach for my specific queries and my specific needs and my specific goals. And as we started the coaching process, you were teasing out what it was that I needed. And I didn't even know what it was that I needed. Um, (laughs) But um, Yeah. yeah, it was that journey of working out how to turn this static of time into something that I can actually hold in my hands and take apart and see what it is that I, I want to achieve. Yeah, and it is interesting you you talk about time because I think that's something we did talk about a lot because there was that sense of like, especially when you're a writer, time and time you spend writing and time you actually spend writing and time you plan to spend writing, it's yes. it can feel very overwhelming. Absolutely. Yeah. And I really resisted knowing about time. Like when we first started, I didn't have a watch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It points to her watch. Yeah. I didn't have an hourglass. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Got it there. I, I actually was really resistant to knowing what time of day it was. And I think that's because I had no way of understanding how to take time apart and chunk it and work backwards from goals and all of those things that that I learned through the coaching. So I was like, I don't want any part of time. I don't want to, I don't want to know about it. But now I've become it's my friend now. I understand it now. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not just, I think we talked about this as well. It's not just there to tell you that you're not doing enough or that yeah. you're not doing it right. Because I think a lot of people struggle with this. I think there's a there's t-shirts, you know, you should be writing. <laughs> you know, yes, you should be working. Horrible. And and yes. so with that comes, you know, well, if I don't look at time passing, then I don't really know how much writing I haven't done, essentially. That's exactly right. Like it did feel like time was the enemy. So I didn't want to know about it. But yeah, time isn't the enemy. And I don't wrap myself over the knuckles about you know, you have Mm -hmm. to start at 9am. And that might work for some people. But for me, it's more about 
when I sit down for the day, I understand what tasks I need to achieve that day and what amount of time that's going to take. And whether I start at 9am or I start at 11am and work through till 8pm, that works for me, Mm -hmm. you know, like I allow myself that flexibility. We know that ADHD can feel overwhelming and frustrating, and that's on a good day. And we don't want anyone to have to navigate that alone. That's why we created the ADHD Academy, where adults with ADHD can meet, join, share stories, and support each other in a judgment-free way. If you want to connect with others who truly understand you and learn research-based strategies to help you feel more in control and build momentum in your life and work, you found the right place. Together, let's transform your ADHD challenges into strengths. If you'd like to know more, you can click the link below to join us in the ADHD Academy. Hope to see you there. We've touched on a number of them, but are there any particular, you know, routines, strategies that are now in your toolbox, like very much, these are your go-to? Yeah. The captain's log is something I use every single day. So that's been a life changer for me to be able Uh to write out what I need to do that day. And just a sidebar of that or or part of that was when you said to me, if I am resistant to doing something, it might be because you don't understand what it is exactly you're supposed to do. And that Mm -hmm. really changed things for me. So anytime Mm -hmm. I feel that rising panic of, I don't know what Mm -hmm. I should do, I don't know how to write this email, I don't know how to Mm -hmm. do this grant or whatever it is, I'll go into the captain's log and I will get really granular. And I've talked about this with non-ADHD people and they think I'm insane, but interesting, it, yeah. it really helps me to say things like open up word, read the first paragraph of the email, write down a bulleted list of what is in that email and how you will respond to that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, the other go-to strategy is you said to me that I hyper-focus on parts of projects. So mm-hmm. I will, you know, maybe spend, you know, a whole day just rewriting one scene or yeah. half a scene. And you said it was like I was working on creating a sculpture of a full human and only sculpting, you know, the pinky toe. Um, yes. And, uh, <laughs> and that's really yeah. helped me as well, like to remember that um, I need to kind of fly out like an eagle sometimes and and see the full breadth of the project and not get hyper-focused on tiny little aspects. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I, I mean, I think there's, there's a reason that that metaphor works so well. It's like for something I was taught a lot in art school, you know, perspective, it's very hard to do if you're, if you're zoomed in on one detail, but there yeah. is something about ADHD and hyper-focus where, you know, sometimes it does work depending on the size of the project, but sometimes we convince ourselves, if I just don't do anything else for the next two days, I'm going to nail this pinky toe and it's yes. going to be, it's going to be That's sorted. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and also there's it's not exactly the same thing but it's that funny thing of you do everything else except the thing you should be doing you know that yeah that, thing that can also like, be the case sometimes yeah. you need to zoom out to see that's that right. you're missing the thing that's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah like you're like in, oh in that's the... not that's going to be covered up anyway that's not actually relevant yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like if we were using the 
the sculpting analogy, it's like you spend ages picking the right tools or um, making sure they're clean or, you know, your workspace is, has the right light instead of actually going to work on the, yeah. the sculpture. And that can be really tough with writing, particularly, you know, when we work with writers, it's always about cool. So how many hours this week we're spent writing? And that yes. has to be a conversation because it's so easy to be like, well, this week I did so much. I called people. I made contact with this. I thought about this. I outlined that. But like, did you do writing? No. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so true. Because it's your heart's love, it, it's so tender and almost sore. Like when you start writing, like it almost hurts. And so you you do the easier things first. And the weird thing is that once you're in there writing, you're fine. You're absolutely fine. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's that first plunge is the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, you know, how do you feel today about managing your ADHD and managing all of these different pieces? I'm so much better at a lot of things. Like um, I've got the Google Calendar. I use Mm -hmm. Miro that you taught me to use. And it allows me to break apart projects, work backwards from deadlines. I've got Mm -hmm. alerts set up Mm -hmm. for when grants are due in. You know, it was all just fuzzy before. It was all just amorphous. But now there's actual steps to where where it is that we want to go. So, yes, I feel a lot more confident. That's awesome. Yeah, so thank that's you. That's really great. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. Like I said, we haven't chatted for a while, so it's like yeah. hopefully good. It's really oh, great no. to hear that that is the case, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even things like this podcast, My Time, it's 1 p.m., and in the past I would be running so late to sit down for this. I probably uh-huh, would have forgotten uh-huh. it was on because I wouldn't have put it in my calendar until maybe you sent me a reminder email or whatever. But knowing things like that I have to have transition periods, that things, <laughs> it sounds so so simple, but things take time. You know, when yeah, will I get uh-huh. back from walking the dogs? Then I have to feed the dogs. Then I've got to send uh-huh. a few emails. And then all of those yeah. things take time. But in the past, it really was just like static, 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 oh, crap, mm-hmm. 1 p.m., you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you always feel like you're running five steps behind. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say you sent me an email yesterday saying, I'm looking forward to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you How's didn't even that? wait for the reminder email. <laughs> that guy. That, that is unheard of. A year ago, yeah. that would never have happened. <laughs> so, yeah. No, that's it's, awesome. It's a whole new world to quote Aladdin. So, yes. Yeah. Thank you. It's good. <laughs> no, no worries at all. But what would you, you know, what would you say then to other people with ADHD who are maybe listening to this, who they're starting to pursue a similar path, you know, mm. and they're feeling maybe a bit discouraged, a bit lost, sort of similar to how you might have felt, you know, a year or two ago? You know, medication is one thing, but coaching is vital. I think probably a lot of us late ADHDers go around spotting it in other people (laughs) who then go on to get diagnoses. The thing I say to them, yeah, you know, you're going to get medicated, that's great, but you've gone through your whole life not knowing 
how to organize your time or even how to conceive of time. And you will need coaching. And so I think that is number one. Yeah. And number two, just kind of specifically to those people who want to be writers or want to be working in the arts, this is a really weird suggestion, but I would suggest going for grants because that's a deadline for you. And yeah. um, whether or not you get it, it doesn't really matter, but it forces you to work to a deadline, which of course, you know, ADHD people, we love that adrenaline uh-huh. of a deadline, even though we uh-huh. hate it, we love it. And it, <laughs> and it makes you clarify your, your goals and articulate what it is exactly that you want to do. So it does force uh-huh. you to turn this cloudy idea into something more crystallized. Uh-huh. And a lot of people in the arts really hate grants and they stop going for grants and all that kind of thing. And I understand that. But for me, they're a way of they're kind of like pebbles or stepping stones that help me jump from one goal to another, whether or not I end up getting the grant or not. Yeah, yeah. no, I think that's a good way to think about it. If you think about it, Lisa, as a, as a thing that's, you know, taking up time that you could rather spend writing if you can find a way to fold the grant writing process into the goals you already have yeah. so that you just have them as an additional like you said, that bumper of like, but it's due in October or whenever that can help you to just keep, keep focused. Yes, exactly. And with the grant writing, because, um, since the coaching, I've got so much better at it. And my tip would be to read the whole grant first and not just focus <laughs> on question one. <laughs> because you get to the fifth Zoom page out. of the grant <laughs> and they yep. say, oh, where are your three supporting letters? And then, you you know, you might have an hour <laughs> to get three people to write your supporting letters before the grant's due. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. yeah that's just something that's been helpful for me to give myself deadlines like that yeah Mm -hmm. no super great I mean really good to have those practical strategies because that feeling lost piece can be really tricky when you're writing and you're doing it yourself and you're taking it time for yourself and you're telling everybody like oh no like this is important but then you actually have to tell yourself it's important as well and yes you do it's paramount to honour this thing that you want to do and to not put it at the bottom of the list like so many people in the arts do. Yeah, you really do have to go, no, this is important to me. A friend of mine gave me a book which is called, oh, I'm going to get it wrong now, 4,000 Weeks, is that right? Yes, it's called 4,000 Weeks. Yeah, someone recommended that book to me as well, yeah. And that's great because that's terrifying that you only get 4,000 weeks in your life. That's it, 4,000 and you're done. You know, any kind of thought like that I think is good for an ADHD because it makes you go, well, do I want to spend this day doing something that is peripheral or doesn't, serve my greatest love or do I actually want to do that thing that when I'm on my deathbed I'm like thank god thank god I made a bigger <laughs> like the play got bigger <laughs> they made me write it for more people yeah yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no totally awesome yeah. well I just have a few ADHD skills lab questions for you they're just questions we ask everybody so tell us about one professional achievement that you're the most proud The first thing that popped into my mind, professional is a weird term for me because 
Writing is, it's like my marrow, you know, like it's my mm-hmm. bone structure and my muscles and <laughs> my teeth mm-hmm. and everything. So it doesn't feel like something external to me. So an achievement that I'm most proud of in writing was actually when Leafy and I wrote our first song together. And mm-hmm. it was before we were together romantically and we, you know, she's good at music and I've got the words and we thought, you know, oh, maybe mm-hmm. we could write a musical together. And so we <laughs> we wrote one song and we were just obsessed with ourselves. Like we were just like, oh, <laughs> this is the best thing. And we, we lay on the floor just listening to this song, listening to the recording over and over and over, this song that we'd written, I think for like six hours. And I felt I felt like it was the beginning of something. Like it was then that I thought, this is it. This is what I should be doing, writing musicals with wow. Leafy yeah. forever. Thank yeah. you Because it, it just doesn't get <laughs> better than this. So that first song I wrote I think is is the one I'm most proud of. Oh, what a wonderful story. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And to just jump you straight into another feeling. <laughs> is yes, there a professional yes. failure that embarrasses you and how how did yes. you deal with that? Yes, I thought about, was I brave enough to tell you about the time that I got threatened with legal action for not doing a really basic administrative <laughs> task? And I'm not going to tell you that one because it's so embarrassing. Like it was the most embarrassing. <laughs> don't, don't worry, you don't have to. There's no pressure. <laughs> to be fair to everybody listening, I did say at the beginning that there was no pressure with these questions. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of in the same vein. Okay, so... Every time that I hand scripts out to the actors, I bugger it up. I get the pages out of order. I've stapled it wrong. Somebody gets two pages 16 yeah. or somebody else <laughs> doesn't get any page 16 and some of the pages are upside down. And and I bring the scripts downstairs to the actors because our rehearsal space is under our house. Mm-hmm. and it's like walking towards the guillotine because I know I have buggered it up. <laughs> I know I have, no matter how hard mm-hmm. I try. And I hand them out to the the actors, like whatever, you know, scenes mm-hmm. it is that I've rewritten, mm-hmm. and then it starts. The actor's like, oh, I've got, no, page 16. Oh, I've got a, I've got two page 16s. Has someone got the stapler thingy so I can pull out my page 16? Oh, I think I've got the old Act 3. Did you mean to print out the old Act 3? And it's like I'm a puddle. Like I am a puddle of humiliation mm. on the floor because, like, I'm able to do this big thing of writing a show but I can't do this basic, basic thing of printing out the scripts in the right order. And it's so humiliating. Yeah, it can be it can be really tough. I often say to people, you know, with ADHD, it feels like hard things are easy and easy things are hard. Yes, um, that's and that it. is is very much true. And yeah, definitely can relate. <laughs> um, yeah. And you know, one of the reasons that I, you know I appreciate you sharing that story is because sometimes when we have people on the podcast and they talk about how everything's going and how, you know, it can be easy to think, oh, you must have just fixed everything. And it's like, no, no, no. No. (laughs) There are still things going on. That's right. Oh, yeah. There's some things that that I'll never be good at. And I, I just have to accept that. But it's really interesting because it's such a, a tiny thing and the laughter that ensues 
and the the gentle ribbing that I'm I'm hopeless at this sort of thing. It, it's that what's it called that thing ADHD people have when they're oversensitive. Uh, rejection sensitivity. Yes, it's rejection sensitivity. It is my. It's that pain point for me that um, when I mess up on something so simple. I get overly humiliated and I need to um I need to just go right well that's just you Katie that's the yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah it can be hard but I think the reason that I put those two questions together is sometimes it's nice to be like okay like these are the professional failures that I have they still are going to exist they're not going to disappear forever we're not going to be we don't reach perfection but we do reach a place where we spend the time that we have doing the things that we love, the things that are in our wheelhouse. And we try and delegate as much as possible. One day you might have somebody else print them. <laughs> print them. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's and, right. you know, But you don't do that by saying, oh, I can't believe this. You know, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to stapling things accurately. You do that by moving in the direction of your strengths and managing those struggles. That's absolutely true. And um, one of the things that we've got this year is our first employee, which we've never Uh had before, who's a marketing assistant and an administration assistant, which has been fantastic. But I paid her wrong for the first few months. Like, you know, Uh like doing... Like, can you do this part? Can this be part of your job? Yeah, can you pay yourself, please? <laughs> like, um, yeah, like it's those tasks like getting the tax in on time or returning forms in a timely manner to the government, all that sort of stuff. That's really, really hard. But like you say, we now have got employee now. So, yeah, <laughs> some of those things can be delegated, which is fabulous. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And if you had an ADHD life motto, what would it be? It doesn't have to be perfect one. It probably will change over time, but just what one would you choose? Yeah, well, I think it kind of comes out of what we were just talking about. And I think my motto that I tell myself is, would you really want to be someone else? Mm -hmm. Would you really want to be someone who can staple the scripts the right way up? Or would you prefer being the person who can write the scripts? Yeah. Even though it's hard sometimes to have ADHD, would you really give up the way that your brain works, the way that it can connect mm-hmm. things together and the way that it can focus on the things that, that it loves? And the would you give up being passionate and enthusiastic and weird? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> would, would you give up loving things as deeply mm-hmm. as you do? just so you can get your tax in on time. Would you really <laughs> would you really say, all right, yeah, all right, I'm going to give all of that up just so yeah. I'm not threatened with legal action for something yeah. that I did. <laughs> yeah. So that would be my advice. Would you really change uh-huh. who you are? Even in those darkest moments, there's still something wonderful about this. Yeah. No, yeah. that's awesome. That's such a great motto. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, Katie, to share your story, to share your wonderful skills with us. Tell people about, you know, what you've got going on, where they can find you. We have a website which is called musicaltheatreaustralia.com and theatre is spelt the Australian way. We've got Musical Theatre Oz on Facebook. Um, We've got a girl's guide to world war on Instagram. So yeah, come and say hi. And yeah, we'd love to talk to any of your listeners. So that'd be great.
Yeah, no, I'm sure anybody, we have a number of listeners in Australia and even overseas, people who are, want to be writers who are, are going to find this, I know are going to find this very inspiring. So it's been wonderful to talk to you, Katie. Come and have a chat. Yeah. Oh, it's been wonderful <laughs> talking to you, Sky, and I'm coming back for you, Sky. I want more coaching. <laughs> I've got things that I want to talk to you about, so I'm coming back. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds awesome. Yes. I can't wait for the yes. next iteration of whatever it becomes. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really love talking to you again. It's been wonderful. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to reach out or connect with us, you can leave us a message at admin at unconventionalorganization.com. You can also find out more about our ADHD coaching organization, read our free articles, or sign up to our online courses at unconventionalorganization.com. That's organization with a Z or an S. They both will get you there. If you'd like to learn more about what we discussed here today, or you want to read the transcript, you can find that at our show notes page at unconventionalorganization.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast and think someone else might find the strategies and stories helpful, the best thing you can do is share episodes using the share button in the podcast player or leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify or your podcast player of choice, letting them know why you've benefited from this podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you back in the ADHD lab next week. Thank you.